Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. You are tuned to Bay FM 999, live from the studios of that station, Bay FM, uh, on the easternmost point of Australia, and broadcasting out via the web, bayfm.org. You can tune in at any time, on demand, or to any show, and via podcast for this show, uh, on the same day or very shortly after of the edited version of the pieces that we talk about. We're going to move on now and talk about, um, yeah, energy grids. Energy grids, mm. yeah. Over the weekend I had a little bit of video which was recently, very recently published by Lee Carroll and Monica Muriani. And uh, Monica Muriani is actually an Australian who mm. travels and works with Lee. And uh, Lee is best known as the channel of a... Uh, an entity by the that name of Cryon, who uh, who is from another dimension of reality, and I, I thought I'd just take this opportunity before we dive into the material about the energy grids, just to say that uh, I've been focused on human consciousness and its evolution for quite a long time, and working with Claire Graves's uh, very down-to-earth research mm. data since 2003, and everything that I've come across has pointed me to the concept that. As we evolve, as our consciousness evolves, as we grow, we become more aware of and we interact more with other dimensions of reality. Mm. And we pull that awareness into everyday life here uh, in 3D Earth. And if you look at our, all of our mythology, all of our spiritual uh, stories and books, they all talk about advanced beings who come from another dimension. They don't originate here. They always come and visit us from another dimension. So uh, everything that I've ever come across points to the fact that the future of our evolution is taking us into other dimensions and, uh, and quite likely you know, eventually completely beyond this physical existence here on Earth. So, uh, I, you know, I think that's a, quite a, a foundational issue and I just wanted to lay that down before we start talking about the energy grids because they are very much related to human consciousness and the evolution of our consciousness. And in this video, uh, Lee and Monica uh, talk for most of the video and then at the end, Lee channels cry on for a short while and what they're talking about is material that's come through previously in messages from Cryon. And they started out talking about uh, what's called the magnetic grid, which is just the, as you, you would imagine, the, the grid that our compasses point to uh, on the surface of the Earth. And then two other grids, one called the crystalline grid, which is a grid which stores uh, memory of human experiences. And then the third grid is called the Gaia grid, which is kind of like a, a storage place that holds wisdom in the Earth that we can uh, interact with. It's uh, called a partnership grid, isn't it? Because uh, that's the key about that particular that's right, formation. Yeah, mm. Because it's very much there for us to interact with. So mm. we'll start out with the most uh, down-to-earth, if you can excuse the pun, mm. uh, which is the magnetic grid, something that we were all most likely taught about at school. It's created by the molten center of the Earth, 
producing a magnetic field and it's very much related to consciousness and there's a lot of really solid science to back this up now uh, one body of science is the heart math research into uh, how human consciousness affects the magnetic grid on the earth and they've done a great deal of research uh, some of which has been done in conjunction with uh, Princeton University uh, through the, the global consciousness uh, project where they put random number generators uh, attached to computers all the way around the earth and just correlated fluctuations in the random generation of numbers with emotional events happening on the planet and one of the most significant uh, differences or changes they saw in that study was on 9-11 when everybody yeah. of course was glued to their TV sets or actually in New York as you were Nick and uh, and being heavily uh, impacted emotionally by that particular thing and, and it, it changed the uh, the generation of random numbers across this whole system. That was a, uh, that's based in Princeton University isn't it I think that? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember that actually because of that information because I was already plugged into these kind of things at that time. I remember hearing about that within a week or two of it happening that there'd been this enormous spike and it actually had happened before 9-11, hadn't it? It happened the That's day before or some hours before the actual event itself. There was yeah. a massive spike in the numbers of that and uh, that measurement. That's right, and, and that's in line with other research that they've done where they'll put a person in front of a TV screen yeah. and show them traumatic pictures, and what they find is that the, the human response comes uh, very, very shortly before the picture appears, so there's some precognitive uh, activity going on there. Uh, so that that's certainly in line with that and and another area where uh, there's some really solid science around this stuff is uh, in space travel and uh, they said in the video over the weekend that the russians were the first ones to cotton on to the fact that when we travel into space we are somewhat separated from the earth's magnetic grid and that can affect our health and uh, eventually what they did was they developed small resonators called Schumann resonators which astronauts now carry into space yeah. which gives them uh, a frequency simulating the Earth's uh, or so, a part of the Earth's magnetic field that they carry with them and uh, and that allows them to travel in space. Which space is extraordinary isn't it because that, yeah. that shows straight away that we are connected to the uh, these electromagnetical resonances on the planet and the Schumann resonance being the one that's most well known. Uh, it originates from the oscillation in the hollow space shell and the frequency, the average frequency is about 7.83 hertz. We'll come back to the Schumann resonance, but just just that fact, and this is from NASA, NASA actually does this. They send Schumann resonators in space with astronauts in order to keep them healthy because if they don't have that Schumann resonance operating, um, they get sick. And in fact, there's also been um, some... Uh, some research into uh, uh, taking people underground for a period of time without the Schumann resonance affecting you and uh, people getting getting uh, unhealthy quite quickly and then bringing that Schumann resonance back in and they start to rebalance again. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, in the video I watched over the weekend, uh, Lee said that the magnetic field of the Earth is very, very much critical to our consciousness mm. and what I wanted to do was just to sort of take a bit of a sidetrack and provide a little bit more information than what you'll find in the video and we will uh, post the, a link to that video which is free to watch online and uh, if you just give me your email address they'll give you a free link and you can watch it it's available for 60 days uh, and uh, just to, to add a little bit more science to what was provided in the video 
science, a, a number of studies have found that uh, parts of our, our body, our physiology resonate with these natural frequencies of the earth and, and in particular neurobiological studies have shown that the resonant frequency of the hippocampus mm. inside our head is actually 7.83 hertz which has been for a long time the, uh, the sort of consistent frequency of what they call the Schumann resonance which is part of the earth's electromagnetic field and in particular the Schumann resonance is impacted by electrical storm activity in the Earth's atmosphere. And uh, so essentially uh, the, it, it's kind of like a, a heartbeat of the Earth. Uh, and I'm, I'm reading from a scientific paper here and they're, they're saying that uh, NASA became very interested in this frequency as a result of uh, the issues that they're having with space travel of course and, and they're actually in this paper they're calling it the, the Earth's heartbeat. And uh, as we often report on the show, there have been great fluctuations to the Schumann resonance frequency uh, over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And we are in a time where human consciousness is shifting and also the Earth's magnetic field is shifting. There's uh, evidence that we talk about on the show from time to time of the, the magnetic pole wandering at this very moment. And so all of these things are interconnected. And in fact, uh, there's, there's wonderful scientific evidence to show how interconnected and how reliant we are on these natural frequencies that the Earth exhibits. And of course, we have uh, magnetic crystals in our brain, which are actually uh, crystals of magnetite. And uh, so we are being physically impacted by these electromagnetic signals. And uh, the same across the uh, the animal and, and bird world yes. as well. And, and this is how uh, many animals are able to navigate using just their brains. Uh, and uh, and it's often been suggested that birds can actually see the, the magnetic lines yes. as they fly. Yes. Uh, and again, because of these magnetite crystals that they have in their brains. Mm. Uh, so what we're saying here, is, in essence, is that humans are waking up to this capacity in ourselves and we're, we're, the science is coming in, uh, even though it's still edgy science to some people, to many people, that the science is starting to show that we are that connected to these kind of resonances just like the rest of the creatures on this planet. We are actually part of Gaia, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And uh, this paper that I'm reading on, it's called, uh, reading from rather, it's called uh, Innovative Technical Implementation of the Schumann Resonances and its Influence on Organisms and Biological Cells. Mm. And uh, it's by a few scientists from uh, Germany and Romania and uh, I, I will post a link on our social media to this paper because mm. it's well worth a read some really good stuff in here it's talking about uh, around 120 scientific studies which have been conducted since 2003 which show a correlation between solar activity and uh, homeostatic modulation in humans uh, in other words uh, alteration of our frequency our hormonal balance as well as a result of variation in our life conditions mm. and it points to the fact that the Schumann resonance oscillates usually within a band of about 1 to 40 hertz although over recent times there have been some spikes up to 99 hertz yes uh, which have been happening and and uh, again this is very much connected with the earth's magnetic field and also the the sun's magnetic field which normally provides a protective barrier around the earth and protects us from interstellar radiation uh, of various frequencies and at the moment with the uh, grand solar minimum commencing the earth's protective uh, barrier is uh, is much thinner than it usually is because the sun's solar wind isn't blowing over us like it normally does mm. and uh, it's impacting everything including us 
And uh, this article is talking about the wave bands of our brain, uh, also called states of consciousness. So these are particular frequencies that our brain oscillates at, which correlate with different states of consciousness. So there's the, the delta waves, which is the smallest frequency and is characteristic of dreamless deep sleep trance and comatose conditions. And that's from about one half to three hertz. Then theta waves, which is characteristic of uh, the dreaming state, the unconscious, four to seven hertz. Uh, alpha waves, which occur in relaxed wakefulness, like we are right now, such as in light meditation or shortly after falling asleep. Just wake up, Nick. Uh, or immediately <laughs> after waking up. Sorry, at eight to 14 hertz. And then beta waves, 15 to 38 hertz, which is the normal wakefulness state when you're concentrating and not resting and all of those frequencies sit within that Schumann frequency band yeah. and what's really interesting is that there's clear evidence that the Schumann frequency is uh, spiking uh, as I said before I've, I've seen spikes up to 99 hertz over the last year or so which is n no doubt connected with the shift in human consciousness uh, which is going on and I remember some years ago when uh, I was doing some training in Claire Graves' material and it, it was particularly when uh, I had a, a wonderful colleague of mine, Christopher Cook, who's based in the UK, mm. uh, came to my office in Melbourne to run an advanced training course and we, we were training people to train other people in, in Graves' material and uh, part of the way that he presented the material was to talk about the layers of consciousness as frequencies and to think of them as frequencies and I think that's a very, very useful way of thinking of them and uh, w when you consider that our value systems are actually based in frequencies our framework for understanding reality is based in frequencies then it makes a whole lot of sense that all of these things we're talking about can impact human behavior human values and human consciousness and at this time when everything is shifting so quickly on the earth including human perspectives and uh, and this is um, very obvious when you look at the number of people who are standing up and saying oh, things need to change we yeah. can't continue to live the way that we have lived yes. on this this planet for a whole lot of reasons then you can see the the interconnectedness of uh, the impact of space weather the changes in solar wind that normally protects the earth the changes in our own magnetic fields here on the earth and the changes in our own consciousness are all very much part of mm. a whole system shift that is going on and that we are part of and living through. Mm. In fact, going back to with uh, Cryon that you mentioned earlier, one of his earlier channels talks about the magnetic grid of the planet being complicated, but as a delivery system to humanity in the sense that it creates the template for us to evolve from and within. And as that changes, it offers the opportunity for us to grow into uh, a, a bigger expression of ourselves, essentially. Yeah. And that's pretty interesting. So what we're talking about here is the potential that not only we're becoming aware of our linkage to these frequencies and resonances, the resonance with these frequencies, but that they themselves are changing for a reason, and that reason is to do with our own consciousness and our own evolution in some way and the interaction between the two. Exactly, mm. exactly. Uh, interestingly, uh, in the video, Lee spoke a little bit about exposure to magnetic fields mm. and uh, made the point that magnetic fields can be both healing or harmful to humans. And a lot of uh, the difference has to do with the time of, of exposure. So sometimes uh, if you're exposed to magnetic fields for too long, they, they can be harmful. And also particular frequencies can be harmful as well. And, and this correlation with 
the frequencies of our brain waves and our states of consciousness uh, it sort of also points to the fact that if you sit in a magnetic field that's of a particular frequency then it's going to disrupt your experience of reality in some way and also potentially disrupt uh, your bodily systems and as i was reading before from that scientific paper it was talking about uh, the disruption of uh, hormonal balances due to frequency exposure and lee uh, held up a little electromagnetic frequency or emf meter that he bought from amazon for, i think he said it was about 30 bucks or 50 bucks or yes. something and uh held it next to a, a mobile phone like right actually on the phone yeah. and just showed how uh, it, it went a bit crazy saying that there was quite a strong electromagnetic field next to the phone but he has said before and this this has come directly through from from cryon that as a general rule if you are more than half an arm's length away from a mobile phone then the emf is mm. for most people uh, will be quite acceptable and, and not harmful um, but i i would just put in a, a qualifier there and that some people who have particular medical conditions can be more sensitive to these electromagnetic fields than others. Mm. And we know some of those people, and, and uh, all you know, love and kudos to you too, because you've you've been battling a, a pretty strong thing with the the way that uh, the technology in the world is expanding, and some people are seriously affected by EMF, ra EMF radiation of one type or the other, and that's a truth, and it does happen for some people. It's tough stuff. Yeah, indeed. Mm. And, uh, and so, uh, just to finish off uh, what they said about the Earth's magnetic grid, uh, also known as the energy grid, uh, it has moved, as we said before, and it, uh, Lee said it has to move to prepare for the new consciousness. Yes, indeed. <coughs> um, and we've got a couple of texts in regarding this and some other things regarding this, what we're talking about here. Um, Sandy's written and said the Schumann resonance if we are impacted in space travel and if under the earth I wonder if people are negatively impacted by living in high-rise buildings thanks for another great show Sandy yeah good question um, yeah um, there was mention of uh, being in a high-rise building actually and the general message that uh, Lee and Monica were giving was that it doesn't really matter whether you're on the, the 70th floor or whether you're on ground level, you're still sitting within the Earth's magnetic field and you can still access these other magnetic fields that we're about to talk about as well. So, I mean, everything by degree and, and certainly if you were barefoot on the ground, you know, you're going to have the best connection possible. Um, and uh, I, I think something most people would identify with would be, uh, particularly if you don't live in the city, is when you go and visit one of those giant shopping malls and walk around for an hour inside the, the uh, all the magnetic fields in there from all the lights and and uh, yeah, it's so true. I feel like shit in those places. I, I often, quickly. yeah, I often start to feel like I'm going into an altered state of consciousness. Yeah, no, it's true. Like, I have same, same and, thing. Maybe and, you do too out there. Yeah. I think you probably do. Yep. Uh, yeah. But you know, humans are amazingly adaptable, and mm. a lot of people work in those places and, and uh, tolerate it. So it's pretty amazing what the human body can up with when it has to and, and adapt to um so uh so lee was saying do avoid overexposure for example through phones so don't uh, if you can avoid it don't hold your phone up to your head for hours every day uh, he did say that uh, bluetooth uh, earbuds or earphones are much better than holding a phone up to your head and i, I certainly always use my uh, my earbuds these days when i'm making phone calls uh, and uh, as uh, I mentioned before, that magnetic fields aren't all bad, so it's it's you know easy to start thinking that they're just a bad thing that needs to be avoided. But of course, there are many healing devices out there which are based around magnets, 
and uh, and also uh, some evidence to suggest positive genetic changes, mm. uh, constructive mutations, in other words, that have happened throughout our evolution as a result of exposure to uh, different frequencies. Big topic indeed. Yeah, we'll take a break and come back and talk about uh, some of the other energy grids that uh, Cryon talks about and that uh, do exist. Uh, a couple of other texts that have come in, just going back quickly, or giving knowledge to that uh, regarding the coronavirus. Rather than worrying about how to cure it, perhaps we should look at what caused it. Killing innocent animals in outdoor markets, go vegan and cure lots of problems on the planet. Then, Maybe. Yeah, there's, there's certainly been a lot of uh, commentary on that in the media, the fact that uh, the conditions in these markets are really not humane and, uh, yeah. and are very dirty in terms of you know, things easily being contaminated. Indeed. And thanks, Trace, for enlightening us regarding the silicon toe dividers. They are for bunions, apparently. That's very important information. Ah. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage. Emerge. Activate. And spiral up. 10.14 here on Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald through till 11 o'clock this morning. If you listen to us anywhere out there in the world via the podcast or online, hello to you. Thanks for joining us here. And uh, if you haven't tuned into the podcast, you can do so via futuresense.com. IT and uh, in this section we're talking about the magnetic grids of the earth and the uh, Schumann resonance and other resonances and our relationship to them as creatures on this planet. And much of this information has come from a video that I watched over the weekend which is put together by Lee Carroll and Monica Muriani, Lee Carroll being the, the medium who channels Cryon and the information that they were conveying was uh, material that had come through from Cryon over a period of time and I found it extremely valuable uh, and it really does join the dots between some very down-to-earth science and some, some uh, regular understanding in, in terms of magnetic fields and uh, if you've ever used a compass you know that's what we're talking about uh, we have been talking about so far the, the Earth's magnetic grid which is related to the, the molten centre of the Earth and the movement of that material and also uh, the resulting movement sometimes of the, the uh, magnetic grid that our compasses point to mm. And it, there has been uh, wandering, the, the North Pole has been wandering, wandering a bit. It's laced. Can't find itself. Yeah, much more than usual. Yeah. Um, in my work uh, in the military and also in aviation, I was very much one to be looking at a compass uh, very often. And uh, <laughs> it was taught that there's a, a natural shift of the magnetic field that usually can easily be averaged out and applied math mathematically. So... We had something called um, Grid North, which you would get on a paper map, and then back in the days of paper maps, and then uh, Magnetic North, which is what the compass points to, and there would be a difference in those two things based on the time that had elapsed since the map was made. So the map mm -hmm. would be made according to the magnetic grid at the time, and then mm -hmm. you would get this, what they called magnetic variation, mm -hmm. which was usually in the order of maybe one or two or three degrees a year, depending mm. on where you were on the Earth. And so as a, a navigator, you would have to note the magnetic variation and then multiply how many years it had been since the map was made to, to then convert that to magnetic north. So what your compass pointed to would be what you would expect it to be pointing to on the map. Mm. Um, and uh, we, uh, we're in a, living in a time at the moment where that's shifting unusually fast. And uh, we, we don't know whether that is what's called a magnetic excursion, which happens from time to time where it just goes wandering for a while and then settles down again, or whether it might be the precursor to a larger 
pole shift, although there's, I haven't seen any uh, mm. messages or indication of, of an impending pole shift mm. at this point. But pole shifts have happened on the planet before, so it's not out of the purview of possibility. They certainly have, yeah. So uh, there were three grids discussed in mm. the video from uh, Lee and Monica, this magnetic grid, and the next one is called the crystalline grid. And that probably sounds a little bit new agey to a lot of folks out there, so I thought I'd just put a little bit of science around it again. Uh, and remind you that many of the electronic devices that you use yeah. every day have crystals in them and the interaction between electric fields and those crystals is used for various uh, ends, one of them in being to keep time. Mm. And uh, the science of that is that a crystal has a very regular uh, organisation of... Molecular structure. Crystal, yeah, yeah, it's molecular structure, mm. yeah. And, and because of that... Geometry. Because of that reliability of the structure, uh, it can be a useful resonator. So when you expose the, the molecules to uh, an electrical field, and we're talking here generally about the electromagnetic spectrum, so the, uh, the difference between electricity and magnetism uh, is, in my understanding, generally that the two waves, uh, so an electric, electrical signal and magnetic signal as we, as we measure them, generally operate at right angles to each other and this is why we can yeah. use magnetism to induce electrical energy within things like yeah. those things that you have on your bike when you pedal the pedals and it makes the light happen and that kind of thing. And, uh, and so we have them in all sorts of devices, including our phones and our watches and those sorts of things where they are built so that there's a small electrical charge which is causing uh, a response from the crystal. And what happens is that the crystal's molecular structure gets distorted by the field created by the electrical charge. And then when the electrical signal is taken away, the crystal itself actually produces an electrical signal when it springs back into place. And, and this is known as resonance. It's also interesting because you, as you'll articulate, I think shortly, because it's also a bit of a memory, isn't it? It's a bit of a remembrance right there and there. Well, absolutely, the actually remembering something that's just happened to it a little while, or a little while ago, and now it's producing something it's from essentially, that memory. It's essentially playing back the signal, yep. and that's yep. directly relevant to something yes. that we're just about to talk about from mm. uh, from this video. So, the crystalline grid uh, is something that's also known as the remembrance grid because it stores information, and it can play back information. And uh, those of you who haven't heard us talk before about the, the possibility that extraterrestrials were uh, visiting us many, many years ago and uh, had some hand in our uh, evolution, uh, that topic came up in this talk as well. And uh, Lee and Monica were saying that uh, during that time, and this is before recorded history as we know it, and. Uh, if you're interested in exploring this further, I really recommend Freddie Silver's book, The Missing Lands, where he goes mm, very deeply into a lot of the evidence which mm. can't be explained of you know high technology being used to build things like the pyramids and other structures around yes. the planet in ways that we couldn't build today and how uh, through very, very clever language analysis, uh, Freddie has tied together a whole lot of mythologies around the world which paint a very clear picture yeah. which also correlates to stories from the Bible about supernatural beings uh, showing up and all those sorts of things. Pretty well in just about every culture on the planet going back millennia. A absolutely. Uh, these traces of the same stories exist there. Yeah, and Greg Braden's work also uh, is, is wonderful in uh, his uh, talks where he looks at uh, the human genome and how particularly uh, part of it has clearly been altered. Uh, I think it's gene number two, uh, and you can look up uh, Greg Braden's work if you want to explore that. 
So uh, what we were told in the video is that this crystalline grid was actually laid down uh, by advanced beings way back before the books were written, and it stores a record of human activity, and particularly it responds to our emotions. Uh, and uh, whoa, in a scientific sense, what that means is it responds to our electromagnetic field. Uh, and when we go through a strong emotional experience, it, it uh, makes a, a change in our electromagnetic field. And this crystalline grid responds to that and actually stores that information in a grid, which is part of planet Earth. And this is essentially, it's not a, it's not a phys physical crystal grid. So we're not talking about physical crystals, but we're talking about a grid that has the nature of crystals crystalline in that it responds to and can remember uh, variances in electromagnetic fields. Because it means that crystals, uh, as in the New Age idea about this, are themselves representatives or analogues of um, of this crystalline grid itself. The crystals themselves have these aspects of crystals have the same qualities, yeah. and that's why it's called a crystalline grid because it has the qualities of physical mm. crystals. Yeah, and uh, Lee was saying that this the frequency of the crystalline grid is a measure of the state of the Earth or mm. the well-being of the Earth, mm. and. He made reference to the 1987 harmonic convergence, which I guess some of our listeners may have actually been involved in. I think you were, weren't you? Yes, yeah, so August 16th, 17th, 1987. I was the first time I came to Byron, actually, or the second time, uh, was for that weekend. There was a bunch of us up on the on the uh, at the lighthouse there, in sort of light rain falling on that evening of the 16th, I guess it was, uh, in tune to that particular resonance and uh, though we didn't really understand it but clearly there was something that drew us and many people out right around the world in all sorts of places if you're into that uh, into that world then you'd be very aware of that and lee was saying in this video and lee and monica that uh, that gathering in 1987 actually had a quite a large mm. impact on the earth's crystalline grid uh, being responsive as it is to human activity and, and many of you would have probably heard of ley lines the, these are the energy lines that uh geomancers uh, or diviners will sense and uh, if you have you ever tried divining i have tried divining i have and it seems to work sometimes with a forked stick it does I, yeah i know it it's does. amazing i actually well, there are old fellows out there in the country who use it to, to find water all the time it's quite true and it's not always do. accurate but often it is yeah yeah I, when yeah. i was flying the rescue helicopter oh. up in Mackay yeah. years ago the engineer that worked with me in the in the the uh, hanger there he just showed me very simply with a couple of coat okay. hangers how to divine and and i it seemed to work did and you it, find your coat well no at the time i was living <laughs> i had a, a small orchard about 20 kilometers out of town where i lived and i uh, had a problem with the irrigation system and so i decided to try this out so i got a couple of coat hangers and uh, what happened was there was a leak in the in the system somewhere and i had to try and find mm. where the underground pipe was to repair it right so mm. so i i did this thing and, and i was bloody spot on well just there you the, go. the wires crossed over and mm. i dug down straight there and there was the the break in the pipe it's amazing how many people these simple things that are like old wisdoms are still not received or accepted by the majority of people i know yeah it's regarded as magic and regarded as magic or just poo poo crazy just stuff but yeah it, crazy it, stuff it hello out there if you're thinking this is all crazy stuff i know you do some of you out there hello it, it, it actually works <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for staying with us nevertheless it actually works and that's what we'd like to see things Indeed. That, that work and so uh if you've read about ley lines ley lines do not relate to the magnetic grid that compasses point two which we mentioned earlier they relate to this crystalline mm, grid that's interesting and this grid is essentially influenced and laid down by human activity so mm, mm. Uh, it, it made me think this morning over breakfast uh, that we were often told that ancient civilizations built 
castles and temples and things on the intersection of ley lines. Um, but this kind of adds an extra complexity to it So, because if human activity generates the record in the ley line, it could be that the, the human traffic going to and from these buildings mm. actually created the ley line or mm. at least reinforced it. Yeah, of course, in, uh, in the UK, they're also called dragon lines, which is interesting, the whole mythology there. And, and as you're speaking, I'm thinking, well, that, that dragon energy, the, representative, uh, the representation of that idea is actually a, a creation of, of human uh, imagination, of thought, of intuition, perhaps, of, you know, the creative aspect of ourselves is represented by the dragon and the lines themselves, as you're saying, perhaps so, yeah, were created literally from the placing of significant buildings where significant energetic things happen, significant emotional or other uh, human uh, activity occurred. Yeah. Yeah, and, and certainly uh, if the ley lines aren't created purely from human activity, they would certainly be reinforced by mm. those sorts of things being built on and, and human gatherings and, and mm. uh, altered states of consciousness happening in those places. So this crystalline grid uh, remembers human activity. They said in the video that it actually stores memories of whole lives and so when we live a life on Earth, essentially the, the record of that life is stored in this crystalline grid. And uh, they, they were very clear to point out that this is a multidimensional place. It's not a physical place in the centre of the earth. Uh, but it, it, it made me think of the many stories that you read about uh, on the web of mm. uh, people talking about people living inside the earth and mm. portals, you know, where, mm. and, and people coming out of the earth and this kind of thing. Mm. And it, it very much fits with this explanation of a crystalline grid that stores memory. And, uh, and Monica Muriani in particular spoke specifically about ghosts and hauntings yeah. being the replaying of events on this crystalline grid. So, and that makes so much sense. It's interesting. You know, where you get stories of a, of a house that's haunted where every night a lady in a white dress walks down the corridor or whatever it is and, and makes a cup Mommy. of tea. Yeah. Um, and and what when we experience those things, what we're actually tapping into is is a record, and it essentially is just a record, like a record playing in a loop mm. uh, from this crystalline mm. grid. And of course, some of us are more sensitive to these things than others, uh, which, which you know just adds to the controversy because uh, those who aren't sensitive tend to think that they don't exist. Mm. But you can experience that, as, uh, as uh, he says, in various ways, fluctuations in light, cold temperatures, strange feelings, changes in gravity, all sorts of things like that. And I think many of us have experienced these kind of things at different times in different places that are unfamiliar. You just have that, you just have that moment where you just know something's not quite right and there's some feeling there. Yeah. yeah, I think many of us have walked into a building or visited a place at some point and just got that unusual feeling that there was something special about it or something had happened there. Uh, and uh, often you can't quite put your finger on what it is, but what's actually happening, uh, according to this wonderful explanation, is that we are sensing this crystalline grid, this uh, storage place, a place of memory, a memory of past human activity, and, uh, and where things can play back in loops. Uh, and later on, uh, before the end of the show, we'll talk briefly about uh, the overlapping of these different grids that we're discussing and how that can can trigger sorts of, of events such as you know the looping of uh, past energetic activities and um and so you know things like uh seances and these sorts of things where people are trying to get into in touch with ghosts mm. so I, you know, I looked i jumped on uh, amazon after watching this thing and looked at these emf uh devices that lee was talking about and some of them are actually 
sold as ghost hunting devices. Yeah, really. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? It's great. Uh, because you get fluctuations in the magnetic field and fluctuations in temperature and those sorts of things mm. uh, around these kinds of events. So that's all really interesting. I, I found that quite enlightening, actually, and oh, it explains it a whole lot yeah. that, that there is this remembrance grid that we can tap into and sense and that records all of the things that happen here on our planet. Mm. Uh, and then the third grid uh, that they mentioned is they called the Gaia grid. And they said that the, the crystalline grid and the Gaia grid overlap in that there's sort of a, sh a shared uh, function there. The, um, there's something that they, in the crystalline grid that they called the cave of creation, which is, is uh, I guess, not a literal cave, but it's a, a term that somebody's coined to explain uh, the function of storing past lives in this crystalline energetic structure. And uh, the cave of creation, they say, is also part of this Gaia grid. And the Gaia grid was described as a partnership grid. It's a multidimensional thing, so it's not a physical thing that we're talking about here. It's an interdimensional thing. It's situated in the Earth, and it holds wisdom. And again, it's responsive to human experience and uh, human wisdom, in fact, um, elements of human consciousness uh, are actually stored in this Gaia grid and interestingly can be recalled. Mm. Called and, and recalled. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. yeah. And this, mm. this again explains the behaviour of our ancestors who would sit in sacred places and do what they said was getting in touch with their ancestors yeah. and receiving wisdom. And, and essentially what they're doing is interacting with this uh, magnetic grid, this Gaia grid, mm. which is a place where wisdom from human consciousness mm. is stored and can be called... Uh, so that's very interesting. And also, lines. Yeah, and mm. also they related this Gaia grid to the phenomena of uh, seeing what are called elementals, like fairies, little people. Uh, the Irish would, would understand what I'm talking about there. Uh, and, um, and all of those, you know, strange things of seeing... Uh, little little people in the forest. And also plant consciousness itself, which yes. of course is something that many people around this area are investigating as well. And a lot of uh, places like Darmanhur in Italy, if you're familiar with that place, where uh, they can measure the, the, literally the singing of plants, the, the communication of plants, all those all those aspects. Yeah. So so these three uh, grids make up the Earth's uh, energy structure. The magnetic grid, which is pretty easy to get your head around because we're we're all familiar with compasses and measuring it, uh, and the fact that the magnetic grid has a quite a remarkable impact on human consciousness. And and you might say that the health of uh, human beings is dependent upon exposure to this magnetic grid. The crystalline grid, which is a place that stores human emotions and human activity and is responsible for what we call ley lines of energy, which can be detected by dowsers and uh, also stores evidence, uh, memory of past lives that have been lived on the earth, uh, exists in an interdimensional plane. And uh, then the Gaia grid, which is like a wisdom grid, very similar to the crystalline grid. Uh, in many ways, uh, but specifically holds wisdom that we can interact with and can call up in the same way that our, our Indigenous ancestors used to do that. And, and uh, in this video that I watched, uh, both Monica and Lee were encouraging us to start re-engaging with these things, and this fits very much with one of the previous topics that we had on the show a few weeks back, where I spoke about uh, second-tier consciousness being the new Indigenous way of living, where we're reconnecting with the planet and re 
establishing our connection and communication with these energetic features of our planet, which we've kind of lost over the mm. past few years. So we might uh, take a quick break and we'll come back and finally talk about some grid overlap effects. Mm. We'll come back after this. A couple of texts have come in. Uh, thanks for the mention of the 12th planet by Zechariah Sitchin. Yes, we're aware of that. That's uh, it's a big topic in itself. Um, and then this is interesting from someone who works in town here. Hey guys, I work in town water supply and we use charged silver solder sticks the way Steve described to find water leaks. It works and anybody can learn how to do it. It sure does. Very there you go. cool. Very that's, good. That's great. Thank you for that. Yep. Take a break. We'll be back very shortly here on Future Sense on Bay FM 999. You're resonating right now on Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. We're just wrapping up our discussion of the Earth's grids, the magnetic grid, the crystalline grid, which is like a remembrance mm. grid of a, a crystalline nature in that it uh, remembers and stores human experience. And the Gaia grid, which uh, Lee and uh, Monica called a partnership grid, which is a place that holds wisdom and a place that we can interact with. Mm. And uh, I just want to talk very briefly about grid overlap effects now. So these three grids, of course, interact with each other. And that interaction can result in uh, what are known as nulls or nodes, a node being like a masculine place where energy is emitted or a null being like a feminine place, which you could think of as like a, a sinkhole uh, or an absorber of energy, uh, vortices and, uh, and also interdimensional portals. And I guess the most famous of these is probably the Bermuda Triangle. And uh, it's well known that uh, aircraft and ships going into the Bermuda Triangle in the past have uh, found that the, their magnetic devices behave in strange ways and it's, it's essentially a place where these three uh, grids interact in a certain way to create a, an interdimensional portal. Uh, and uh, this is stuff that we're really, we don't understand from a scientific point of view uh, at all at the moment, but this information that we're relaying today is, is part of a bridge that we're building from solid science uh, to a new understanding of magnetism and uh, interdimensional fields. And so when we uh, get an overlap of these uh, grids, uh, it can, if you turn up in one of these places, it can feel really nice, uh, but it can also feel uncomfortable depending on the nature of the, the interaction of the grids. Uh, so the, the grids can either be amplified or they can nullify each other. You can get strange anomalies like the Bermuda Triangle where you get uh, weird interdimensional activity and the disturbance uh, from magnetic devices. Um, and, uh, and also um, another way that we could experience this is through the impact that it has on, on ley lines as we know them and, uh, and through the process of dousing. And right at the end of the video, and I, I will post a link to this video if you want to take a look at it, I, I recommend it. Uh, right at the end of the video, Cryon uh, channeled a bit of information and, and very quickly I'll summarise that information. He just said that we are multidimensional beings surrounded by multidimensional energies and entities. And, and I, as I said at the start of uh, this segment of the show, we are evolving towards a greater awareness of and more interaction with uh, other dimensions of reality. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, even if you don't know it, it's probably happening to you in some way. You will know eventually. You will know eventually. From Cryon's channeling, just a couple of other dot points here. Uh, Gaia's energy is the biggest energy uh, that we experience on this planet. It's always present. Uh, sorry, it's always present. And uh, we need to start becoming more mindful of that and uh, aware of the fact that we can interact with that magnetic field and gain wisdom from it 
and, uh, and we're actually a partner in that with the fields of the earth with the, with Gaia's intelligence yeah and our ancestors uh, did exactly that to gain day-to-day information about where they might hunt you know what the weather was going to be like and all those sorts of things and uh, Cryon was making the point that we can start to do this again and as I mentioned this really is representative of the emergence of second tier consciousness where we get a replay of the indigenous living theme and so we will become like a new indigenous uh, humanity uh, and with the benefit of all of our science that's been added in the meantime and uh, Cryon made the point that you don't need to be in the bush uh, you don't need to be in the countryside to experience this you can experience it in the city too um, and our our inherent access to these fields and this information has mostly been lost because we've just been disconnected from it uh, for cultural reasons it's been trained out of us and it's time for us to reclaim it mm. Beautiful. A couple of uh, final texts uh, on this topic. Uh, some time ago I was using a meter to test the radiation from mobile phones and I found there was a measurable radiation up to half a meter, even with the phone turned off. Thanks for that, Dudley. Yeah, interesting. And uh, Trace has written in again and said, uh, get a geo-cleanse. Well, yeah, okay. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.